If you read multiplication tables to go to sleep at night, does that make you a nerd? Or does that make you a hot piece of ass? Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So I mentioned some uh, hate crime statistics yesterday, and I decided to double-check my stats, and I couldn't find... I couldn't find... Wherever I got those stats from, I couldn't find that webpage. And I said something like... You know, attack. You know, hate crimes against gay gay people was uh, for every white person who does it. There's five Hispanic and ten black, and then um, hate crimes against trans people. I said for every white person who does it, it was maybe ten Hispanic and fifty black. Anyways, I'm whatever. I'm round. You know, I'm playing fast and loose. I'm rounding off the numbers, but I said something like that, and I'm not really saying that I'm wrong, but. Whatever. When I tried to make sure that I was right, I couldn't do it. Like first off, the trans the craziest number is that blacks attack trans people fifty times as much as whites. And the answer to that is I couldn't find I couldn't find any stat about how much black people attack trans people more than whites. Because they were mixing trans in with a bunch of other stuff like you know, it's like, you know, how, how much do people attack gay men? How much do people attack bisexuals? And then I think they had a category. It was like trans, lesbian, and who knows what else. A bunch of other stuff all put into one big category so you couldn't break it out. You couldn't break out just trans and just black or just trans and just white. So anyways, I guess, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't bet your fortune on that stat being correct. Maybe it was wrong. Um... They did, you know, they did break down gay men. So I think, I think my stat was that black people attack gays ten times as much. But when it comes to gay men, it was, it was actually, at least, you know, when I looked it up, it was like six or seven times as much. I mean, basically, it's going to depend on how you slice it. Are you going to, you know, depending on how you slice gays, you know, gays or gay men, trans or lump them in with a bunch of other people. You know, black people or, you know, if you're mixed race, do you include that as a black person or do you include that as a white person? And then the stats on Hispanics, you know, Hispanics are, you can be a Hispanic white, you can be a white Hispanic or a black Hispanic, you know, like when they, whatever, it's a whole separate category. It's not included. It's not a race. It's not a race. It's an ethnicity. They create a whole another chart for that stuff and they don't break it down by black Hispanics and white Hispanics. So... It's difficult, but in any case, I have a podcast, person that I listen to, his podcast is named The Week in Doubt, and a lot of times he begins his shows with like, oh, you know, that thing I told you last month or whatever wasn't true. I mean, he takes it to the extreme. He'll be like, you know, last month I said that Mount Everest was 2,347 meters tall, and he'd be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so terribly, absolutely, crushingly sorry. Because Mount Everest is actually 2,357 meters tall. Which, actually, that's fine. So, you know, basically, I'm emulating him. I'm making fun of him. Hey, Phil. But uh, I'm doing the same thing he does, and I think it is. It's good. You know, if you, if you say something that either isn't true or turns out you can't support, next podcast you should mention it. So that's what I'm doing. And it just makes, a, it just makes me think of me and statistics. Like... Most people don't like statistics. For whatever reason, I love statistics. I mean, I did, you know, I did it 
whatever. I had a job teaching people, actually grading. I had a job grading statistics papers, taking many classes on statistics. But, you know, I don't think, just just because you take classes on stats does not mean you love stats. But anyways, I just do. So it made me think of a couple stories related to uh, loving stats that I will tell. So first off, it, it maybe it runs in the family. Because I, I have a, one of my grandpas, he was a civil engineer. And I, you know, I didn't know him that well. He died when I was a little kid. But the story I hear is that he had a book of bridge weights. And I don't know exactly what that is. But anyway, it's an engineering book. It's an engineering book of bridge weights. I think probably like back in the day before they had calculators, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't uh, do calculations by hand. You know, if it had a square root or something, you wouldn't do it by hand. So you just had all these books that would just be like tables. They'd be tables of numbers, and basically you would look at that. That was the equivalent of a calculator. Instead of a calculator, you had books of tables, and you would just look. You know, you just look up the number. You'd look up the answer. You'd like. You go down, you know, at the top it would be like 1, at the bottom it would be 10, and you go down from 1 all the way to 2, and then you go to 2.35, and then you go, you look at the column, and you go, oh, the square root of this is that, and therefore, the bridge can handle 300 pounds, or something. I guess, you know, what I should have said is, it's like times tables. Remember that when you were, I think, yeah, we still do that, or at least they did that when I was a kid. I don't know if kids today use times tables anymore or if they just do calculators. But when I was a kid, we had times tables. And they usually went up to 12. And it would just be, you'd have 1 through 12 on the left side. You'd have 1 through 12 on the top. And then, you know, it would go from 1 to 144 with all the numbers filled in and every spot around there. And that was how you learned your times tables. But in any case, so there you go. So basically, my grandpa was an engineer and he liked to read super fancy engineering times tables related to bridges. And I don't know if he did that for like years, you know, I don't know know for like 30 years he was reading the same times tables related to bridge weights or if, you know, maybe he was building a bridge. You know, maybe that whole story relates to just, just one time that, you know, my mom walked in and saw him reading that book and it was because, yeah, he was building a bridge the other day. He's got to read the damn book. And maybe he's doing it because it helps him fall asleep because, like what I do today, I mean, I've been doing this for a few years now, but there's a physics podcast called Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe. And when I wake up in the middle of the night and don't want to, whatever, and want to fall back asleep, I just put on that podcast. I just randomly run through what, you know, they got 300 episodes. I just randomly select one of their 300 episodes, be like about black holes or, you know, what, what if the sun was replaced with a black hole? Or why does time only go forward and not backward? In any case, I just put on that podcast, you know, at midnight because I had to wake up to go pee. And as soon as I put on that podcast, like I am just, I'm just a minute or two away from falling asleep. So, but you know, do whatever, do whatever it takes to get, you know, to make sure that you get a good night's rest. But so loving stats, so you know, like the difference between me and other people. Is I look up stats. I mean, I don't have a bridge weight book next to me, but I'll look up stats. Like if I if I if I wonder about something, I'll look it up. And I've been doing this for you know years, decades, and so I have a pretty good feel for the answer to a stat question. And, you know, and maybe I'm mentally ill. Maybe I'm a, I'm a little bit maniacal about it. But it makes me think of this one time. This is uh, must have been 2016. It's like right after yeah, you know, right after Trump got elected. 
So I was visiting, I was at a party. I was at a party with friends and family. Like it wasn't a party to pick up chicks. It was a party of the older generation and then my generation. And I can't remember exactly what I said, but I said something like white women voted for Trump because they're married or married women voted for Trump because they're white. And this lady, this nice lady who's, you know, she babysat me when I was a kid, just never done nothing mean to me in my entire life, and, and, and still has never done anything mean to anyone probably in their entire life, except for breaking up a few people's marriage anyways, but moving on from that, she said I was wrong. So whichever thing I said, she's like, you're wrong. And and so then I, like, I got out my phone and I just was searching. I'm like, I'm going to find the stat and show that I was right. But I had a bad internet connection. I mean, it's like, I don't know why. I don't know why I dwell on this or still think about it. But like to my everlasting regret, my internet connection was not good enough to prove to her that either white women voted for Trump because they're married or married women voted for Trump because they're white. But anyways, I couldn't prove it. And then I just, I had to, I don't know. Like, I think, you know, no one else there even knew that anything was going on. <laughs> But I felt like I had to put my tail between my legs and uh, whatever, shut the hell up. And not every day or even every month, but I don't know, for years after that, that whole thing burned my britches. And then eventually I did, I did go look it up again and it was like, yeah, I was totally right. I mean, it probably goes both directions, but so I don't, I don't remember, it either goes one direction or both directions, but you know, white, you know, basically married women, I think what it was was married women voted for Trump, you know, like more than half of them, 50, 51% or something. And the reason why is because married women are disproportionately white and white women voted for Trump. And so there you go. I could, I could call up this childhood friend slash, well, really the mom of my friend and be like, Hey, Hey, I know you're 77 years old, but I was right. I was right that time five years ago. But I guess I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to just rant about it right here. Just learned something. Um, Africans invented the alphabet. No, not black Africans, but anyways, it was invented in Egypt back in the day. And they had hieroglyphics, you know, all those little pictures. And the people were, you know, whatever. Egyptians were like, you know, writing stuff down in these little pictures sucks. So they invented the alphabet. I guess I guess the hieroglyphics doesn't count as an alphabet. And I don't know, I don't know the name of the alphabet that they invented, but that was the first one ever. And I guess it went across the Red Sea to the Phoenicians and the Greeks. And I'm not sure who the Phoenicians are, but I guess let's put it this way. It sounds like they invented the alphabet in Egypt and then... Other people were like, hey, the alphabet, that's a good idea. But those people were to the north of Egypt, so it spread out to the north. And apparently, A originally was a ram's head with like a little beard from the hieroglyphics. And it took a while to become A because Egyptians did not have vow, uh, yeah, vowels. And so what it, what it was to them, it was uh, it was like kind of a uh. But then when it got to the Greeks, the Greeks are like, I think maybe it sounds like maybe the Greeks, uh, they were inventing the vowels and they uh, took that little ram's head with its little beard and made it an A. Twitter handle at Anti-Woke Podcast and thanks for listening.